Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Pixel Sift. My name is Gianni and as usual I'm joined by my fantastic co-hosts Mitch and Scott. Hey, hey. Hey. And on the line today with us is Jacob Janurka. He's one of the guys with the strongest games and gifts uh, <laughs> you could even <laughs> hope for. Uh, he's creating the wonderful and uh, bizarre game uh, Paradigm. How you going Jacob? I'm doing pretty good, man. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the show today. And we'll be chatting a little bit about Paradigm and and making games and all that uh, a bit later in the episode. Yeah, we'll also be bringing you our E3 wrap-up and our impressions of what the big names in gaming had to offer. Uh, yes, and finally we'll be looking at movie based on movies based on video games. Sorry, a bit slow on the uptake there. Uh, the good, the bad, and the simply awful. That's everything that's coming up today yeah. on episode 35 Pretty of sure. Pixel Sift. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, maybe a bit more. Let's jump into it. You're listening to Pixel Sift. Jacob Janurka is a video game developer based in Perth. He joins us on the line via the magic of Skype right now. Um, Jacob, you're developing a point-and-click adventure game. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how that kind of came about and what the game sort of uh, sort of inspired the game? Yeah, sure. So uh, I was at uni, and basically I had to make this uh, big project. And at the time, there was like uh, indie game movie kind of just came out. It's a pretty typical story for a lot of people. Like they watch it and then just like, ah, oh, I can actually make video games. And then I ended up doing a video game, which was like a 2D platformer, like Super Meat Boy originally. Paradigm actually started out like that. Uh, but then I later on realized that uh, I could make point and click adventure games on my own without having a programmer or anything like that. So jumped onto that and ended up being a lot easier than I expected to be. Well, I mean, in that indie game, the movie, there's kind of, I guess, both sides. There's definitely the highs and the lows of it. Did you know what you were kind of getting yourself into when you were starting to, to make this game? Is, has it been a good experience going through and, and putting it all together? Uh, I mean, it's just the kind of stuff. I mean, personally, I don't mind that kind of stuff. Like, you, it, it is, I guess, a relatively emotional journey, but it's what I would be doing anyway, regardless. Like, making things is, like, how I uh, live. <laughs> part of the creative uh, expression and stuff um now one of the things i really enjoyed uh, or really enjoyed when playing the demo and stuff is that the the art style does a really good ch- st- like does a good job of capturing the feeling of these older point and click adventure games and you've mentioned in um previously that you're heavily inspired by the lucas arts games what do you do when you were kind of developing the characters and you know how did they kind of uh come about uh a lot of like initially the game uh was just uh it was actually it was, it was just it didn't really have any specific setting like i just wanted it to be weird and then i realized like uh this isn't really that interesting and then i started thinking about uh like what kind of setting that i would want it to be in and then i made it uh eastern europe and then basically took it from there like at the time i 
liked Pixar movies, but I was kind of mad that uh, it always the kind of similar, very, very kind of similar kind of stories and that kind of stuff, and very. Uh, I wouldn't say safe, I'm not calling Pixar safe, but uh, I wanted some more adult themes in like a Pixar themed style kind of thing, and that's how it kind of developed. Um, I guess one of the things that we wanted to talk about as well, it's like you, when you were putting this game together, you went and decided to go for a Kickstarter campaign and you got you know quite a good response, more than much more than you were asking for. One of the funny things that you've got on your site is actually an email generator from kickstarter backers what has been some of the uh the reactions to people who've been uh, waiting waiting for your game hopefully uh hoping to get the game into their hands <laughs> generally it's been um pretty fine it's, i kind of made that to deter people from being like really mad <laughs> like it was just like a, a funnel for that kind of stuff mm. i i generally get an email like every two days asking me when it's going to be done uh they don't get too mad like i probably had only like one guy be mad at me and he was just like being abusive oh really <laughs> but it, it's like it's really rare like 99 percent of the fans are like super super great like I, I haven't really experienced anything too bad from them yeah jacob i love the interactions between some of your characters like and like some of like when you're choosing an option like some of the awkward moments that just appear just out of the timing like when doug talks to the main character and like does his like beatboxing how do you create some of those like you know atmospheres how do i create them yeah um <laughs> to be honest it's just like uh i just kind of brainstorm like I really a lot of the design uh, direction for Paradigm I wanted like almost every interaction as unique as possible like I didn't want to make it like uh, like an interaction you just click on you're like oh okay whatever like I wanted almost everything to be kind of a surprise so I just spent a lot of time like brainstorming on a piece of paper like uh, doing like uh, writing as many words as I can on a piece of paper and just eventually linking up things that I find like makes myself laugh. Nice. What are some of the harder things about, I guess, developing a game like this by yourself? I know you've got a, a musician on board to help with the, the musical aspects of this game. Um, but, what, yeah, what are some of the challenges of doing that? It's definitely just the balance of everything. Like, if you work on one thing, no one else is working on anything else. So... Uh, like for example normally i'll do things in bursts so like i'll work for a couple of weeks like just on art and then a couple of weeks just on like the programming kind of side on it and it's kind of frustrating because you know they both each side complements each other and you want to get it out to testers but you have to finish the art before the uh you can actually do the programming it's like super frustrating that you don't have like someone else who can just like do one part of it while you're doing another have you ever thought about expanding it out to a bigger team uh not really like because it adds an extra expense to uh building the game uh and also i just wanted to kind of prove to myself that i could do it by myself one of the other projects that you are working on um Scourge Legacy with uh, Wade K. Savage, who we spoke to a couple of episodes. How did that kind of come about, that sort of collaboration? Oh, he just uh, he just needed someone uh, to do some art for him. Like, I, I not necessarily collaborating with him. Like, he, I just did some art for him uh, and helped him out with some of the game ideas and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not sure what he's doing with it now at would, the moment. Would you want to move into that after you finished uh, shipping Paradigm and putting it out there? Uh, 
No, I'll probably be working on my own my own projects. Uh, I mean, that's another reason why I worked alone because, like, as you can see, a lot of my ideas are pretty pretty weird. <laughs> so it's, like, quite hard to convince someone to uh, do those kind of ideas because they don't see it in your head, in their heads, unless you actually show it. Like, if I went up to someone and was like, oh, I want to make a beatboxing eggplant, like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, yeah. you can't imagine that at all. Like, <laughs> I think once you've got Paradigm there as, uh, like, a, a backer for your ideas, I think people will be more uh, up for it because it is fantastic and it is a bit, you know, really quirky. One of the it's, guests down... It's, it's, it's the major major strength of it for me uh, as a game anyway. It's the pro and con of having complete creative control of that you've got to do everything yourself, but if you do it all yourself, you can do it exactly as you like. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's sometimes the problem is that you don't have anyone behind you just going, oh, I don't know about that yeah, one. I don't know about not. that idea. <laughs> I guess your fans can do that for you. Maybe like yeah. they can respond oh. like and let, the, let you know what's cool and what's not, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what I use like social media for. Like sometimes I can gauge if like people like an idea or not and I'll expand on it more. But, you know, there's just sometimes like overall things that you can't show fans like yeah. the actual game. It's like quite hard to gauge it because you're just working on it for so long. Um, and pretty much in like Indie Game, the movie, when uh, Phil Fish is just talking about like he doesn't know if it's good anymore because he's been working on it for so long. Well, look, you can jump on uh, to Jacob's uh, Tumblr if you want to check out some amazing uh, animated GIFs. Uh, you can jump over to ParadigmAdventure.com if you want to find out some more information. You've got a demo up there for people to play as well. Um, yep. So you can check all that out. Jacob, stick around. We'll jump into our next topic right now. Too easy. You're listening to Pixelsift. Or you might be watching Pixelsift on Twitch. Pixelsift. So yes, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, or as we know it, E3, uh, kicked off this week, presented by the Entertainment Software Association, or ESA. And uh, as usual, it's bringing to the forefront all the newest and best games. It's one of the biggest events in gaming yeah. for the year, if yeah. you are into the big mainstream games. Um, but obviously those big uh, console platforms and stuff are the ways that smaller games can get onto to there as well. Yeah, industry-only event as well. That's what kind of sets it apart, that it's not just uh, everyone kind of Comic-Con and on. It's, uh, you know, industry people with industry but it things. it really isn't though, because well, everyone knows what's happening because it's all live streamed and oh yeah, everyone they, you know they, yeah. don't, they don't get access in there to play all the things. I guess so. So That's we've seen a quite a few big announcements from lots of the different developers that have been out there. What are some of the things that have been catching your eye? Oh. I'm the only one that cares about this ever. It's Halo Wars Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like it. Much interest. I can't wait. <laughs> is, that, is that like an RTS? Yeah. Like yes. Yes. I can't wait. And except this time it's actually going to come out on PC. PC. I get to play it with a keyboard and mouse. Oh, oh, wow. So good. Uh, Microsoft's been <laughs> yeah. doing some pretty interesting stuff with um, with their Xbox One platform. They're pretty much having the almost like the PS4, uh, PS Vita cross-play, but you can now play most of their first-party titles or the new ones coming out on either PC or on your Xbox. It's um, really cool. And they're actually bringing keyboard and mouse to Xbox as well. So they're basically making the Xbox into a computer that <laughs> sits underneath point, your TV. At, at some point, there's going to be... There was no Xbox. It'll just be like PC. Box. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it just seems like they're blurring the lines between the two. Yeah. Of them. So right. when, I think they're, they're, they're purposely doing this, though. Mm. They're purposely blurring that line to kind of... So when we reported on... Xbox trying to like merge the technologies together and people were angry that they don't want the Xbox to be a thing, Microsoft, they were doing that. Mm. 
do you think that might be their concerns might be legitimized maybe I don't know. I think it's there's always going to be people who are going to be playing PC games, and yeah. they. I mean, Microsoft controls the platform for both of these these two platforms. Basically, there's not a lot of people playing games on Mac yet. Um, but you know, if you can get people who are linked in all through the thing playing on whatever platform they choose to, like, do you think we'll just get like a Steam app on the Xbox One? Well, there's been lots of like, games that have know. come out on on Xbox One that I would have quite liked to have played, but I don't own an Xbox One. That's so true. I could play it on my PC and, and go from there. So I think that's probably. It's it's sort of the direction that these sort of things are kind of heading in as well. You know, like at the end of the day, like is is someone not buying an Xbox One worth it? Why don't you just put it on everything and then? Well, the I person mean, that has a PC can just click a button and say, "Hey." The console hardware has always Xbox. kind of been it's kind of been the loss leader that people go for. You know, you you lose money on the actual pieces of of hardware. You make a bit of money on peripherals and bits and pieces, but software is where you make most of your money. Um, so you now don't have to develop the software if you or the hardware if you're getting it to work on PC as well. You just port it across. Yeah. If they do a good job of it, it'll be good. I think most people would be happy with that. So We'll see where that goes. Mm. But back to E3. Mm. I mean, there was like 97 games to talk about, so we were jamming into this little Yeah, segment. smash them in. Yep. Um, so there's like, like I said, 90, 97 games. We've got 47 new titles, 39 existing uh, stuff, so sequels and whatever, and a few remasters as well. I'm going to start the remasters just because it's a small list. Mm-hmm. Uh, COD Modern Warfare, as we know. Yay. Also, uh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. That's uh, interesting. We've got a couple of VR oh. remakes as well. Doom and Fallout are coming back in VR. And uh, oh. Skyrim, it's, which is uh, I heard that a couple of days ago. is The Skyrim remake is really... Uh, it's a bit confusing. It looks average. I find it really, like, especially because it's coming out again on PC, like which, a lot of the things that they've improved have been improved by mods on PC. Yeah, exactly. They would have been done a long time ago. Yeah, but but they are opening up mods for PS4 and X, for consoles now. How does yeah. that work? Um, sure. I don't exactly know <laughs> how they're going to do it, uh, how they're going to implement it, but I have seen a But it works video. for Fallout 4 currently. They've got that system in okay. place, so they've kind of just brought that across into the thing. But See, that's it. I, I haven't even sunk time into Fallout 4 yet. I, mm. I can't go back to Skyrim. I'll get lost in that again. Um, you know, it, for me, I wish if they'd spent a little bit more time on just getting the new um, uh, Elder Scrolls or whatever. In, in place. One. What's the new one? Six? Something? Yeah. I don't know. Go anyway. from there. It feels like just yeah, uh, remakes. We've got some new titles as well coming out. Uh, heaps of new titles coming out. Actually, there's a couple of that stood out for me. Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh uh, man, so cool! Developer Gorilla. It looks. Uh, it's really well put together, kind of futuristic world where machines and robots are dominant. Um, this young kind of lady in like this primitive kind of human race ventures out to find out all the answers to how the world world got that way. Oh, that's the Robo Cave People one, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? We've got... Uh, I don't, I, this is a, a strange one. I don't know how it's going to be, but I'm really interested in it. Detroit, Become Human. Hmm. Uh, it's an yeah, awesome amazing. viewer of like a future, like you know, not too far away kind of thing. And you play as an android in the midst of like a negotiation hostage situation. Uh, due later this year from developers Quantic Dream, who brought us Heavy Rain. So do you think the whole game is that one situation, or do you think there'll be multiple <coughs> Sorry, situations? Uh, from what I gathered, uh, yeah, I, I think it is just that, and then there's going to be a lot, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different ways to get there, Okay. I think. Um, and, you know, it, it might. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, Days Gone was another one that looks really cool, uh, in the vein of kind of Last of Us, post-pandemic world type thing. Uh, looks like a really strong kind of in story, and um, I'm really interested to check it out. But I heard great things. 
have a look a bit more about Kojima's new game, Hideo um, Kojima's new game, uh, Death Stranded, mm-hmm. um, which stars Death Norm- Stranding. 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 Death um, Stranding. Uh, stars uh, Norman Reedus from, yeah. <laughs> from the Walking Dead. Yeah, Dead. boy, does it star him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stars him real good. Uh, it's in glory. Yeah, trippy uh, Metal Gear Solid at its weirdest, yeah. which is like probably my favorite <laughs> bit of Metal Gear. Post-apocalyptic uh, but slash Matrix Sci-fi, type thing. Like, yeah. The whole way they were all wired in. They've got like these um, kind of, you know, wires Strange. connected strands, I'm, going, yeah. I'm guessing, uh, going to somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to wait for more on that one because it's a very strange... And I think it doesn't give him much away kind of Bit trailer. of a tease. I think that would be a bit I'm kind, of, I'm kind of curious if he actually has a game idea and he, all he did was just like make that small video and that was it. And he's like, oh <laughs> well, shit, now I have to make the game. <laughs> well, apparently Kojima wanted to work with uh, Redis on uh, Split... Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Damn, I was yeah. about to say Splinter Hill. Uh, Splinter Hill. Yeah. They were previously attached to the project before it got kind of canned and Kojima was famously had a bit of a falling out with Konami. So, um, you know, I, I'm the thing about Kojima is I'm, I'm wondering if he's might head down the whole Molyneux track where he's starting to do these like grand, you know, uh, clear yeah, claims of things. Well, and if he was ever going to do it, like now that he's got his own studio, now's the time. I don't know. To be Peter Molyneux? Yeah, sure, it is absolutely the time. I don't think he had that much restriction on him previously. Probably he kind not. of do whatever he wanted. <laughs> um, one of the other things I saw that was really interesting is uh, Nintendo gave some uh, pretty flimsy excuses for why uh, Link couldn't be a female character uh, oh. in the thing. Uh, oh, what did they say? They basically said, oh, you know, the... The, the whole dynamic is that we have Ganondorf and the, and Zelda and Link and they're all part of the Triforce of Power and they've all got a different aspect and you know we have to have it two guys a girl in a pizza place you know well, why they they why didn't. don't they just change it so that like you know uh, Zelda's trying to save Link you know that's the only th- they said that's the only way they could switch it around but I don't really understand it doesn't really make you know why sense. they didn't do it Tumblr's already doing that yeah, yeah. it's like nothing we can do can possibly make it better than Tumblr. I mean, a couple more I'll just jam in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just on the on the on the back of this uh, female lead character topic, mm-hmm. uh, there are six female lead characters in all amongst all those games. In ninety five um, games. In ninety seven <laughs> games, I know, but it's it's a, it's a slow battle. Yeah. You know, all right. Um, we've got Dishonored, For Honor, um, The Horizons Zero Dawn, uh, Mass Effect, and Re. Oh no, I don't know. Don't know that one. Recall? Yes. Yeah, Recall. That's Which is basically cool. robots uh, stealing cores for your I own like that. robots. That fight robots. <laughs> Lots of robots. Um, so many robots. Yes, yeah, so, so many robots. A couple of really good ones that I really should uh, mention on the indie pulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jewel Universe. Uh, it's basically, It's been called like an MMO take on No Man's Sky. It looks really cool. It's like a fully explorable land, space, civilization builder type thing. It looks really vast and kind of free. Uh, and the other indie one that stood out is Inside, uh, which is a dark puzzle-style side-scroller from Danish developer Play Dead uh, of, tw- uh, of t- 2010's Limbo fame. fame. And that one's out very soon, actually. I think it's uh, like this month, even, maybe. Cool. There's been some really interesting stuff being talked about that particular game. Apparently, it's quite a fascinating concept, but they didn't really show too much of the game itself. It's because it is a, it's a playthrough type thing. Mm. So if you watch it, it's spoiler kind of kind of thing. It. It's, it's all like, you know, surprised by the next kind of thing that gets you. You're basically you're side-scrolling in this dark little creepy thing and something's trying to shoot you and you've got to not be shot and mm. not, not die. There's all these obstacles in front of you. Um 
So, long list of existing kind of sequels and stuff. Uh, Final Fantasy 15, Battlefield 1, uh, Forza. Yeah, Ghost, Set in Australia Ghost now, Recon mate. Recon Wildlands, which looks fantastic. I wish we had a little bit more time to talk about that one. The only problem is like some of the uh, the presentation at the Ubisoft one was all over the place. The voice acting in the thing was, it was just atrocious. Yeah, it's terrible. It was, it was so naff. Yeah. Um, um, wicked one that's going to be a huge show. Quake Champions. Uh, no info on that really, but uh, more will be unveiled at QuakeCon in August. Plenty of big releases there. Yeah, Mafia 3, Resident Evil 7, uh, Battlefield, uh, Battlefront X-Wing VR, which looks kind of cool, and Watch Dogs 2. Heaps of sequels. Heaps. Heaps. Heaps of sequels. Um, I'm personally more interested in all the sort of the hardware stuff and all that sort of thing, so I think the Microsoft thing is really interesting as something a bit different. Um... Yeah, I think that'd be, there's plenty more to come out of this. There's plenty of Nintendo stuff as well that's come there's out. Pokemon so Go is coming out next month um, as well, which is going to be huge. So, Are we going to go find Pokemon? We're gonna, I think we probably will. Yeah. We'll be out we'll there finding Pokemon. All. Exactly right. <laughs> Let's jump into our next topic. Pixel Sift. <laughs> Pixel Sift. No, seriously, Pixel Sift. <laughs> no, seriously. Pixel Sift. All right, so yeah, video game movie adaptations have been the butt of every joke in entertainment media for, like, the longest time, pretty much. So why is that the case? I mean, there's so much fan overlap between movies and video games. Why, when they meet, it seems like it just it's garbage? There's plenty of them coming out at the moment, or have oh, just absolutely. recently came out. We just had Angry Birds, um, yep. where they've stretched that into a film. Uh, we had <laughs> Stretched it. Yeah, Ratchet, yeah. And, Ratchet and Clank, which came out uh, mm-hmm. a month ago. It hasn't quite come out here in Australia yet, in the States. Um, it came out. I can actually answer your question though, Mitch. All right, instead of it just being it. rhetoric or what? Um, what ruined, I feel, video game, the idea of video game movies was the first one that really did it big was Super Mario Brothers back in 93. <laughs> it was so, so, That's so, a classic though. That's a yeah, classic. Yeah, no, but... Rag on the... But it was so god-awful that it kind of ruined the way video game movies were perceived um, like forever. Nobody's really kind of fixed that yet. I think, yeah, you're right, Jacob, in that it is a classic. And and I've seen it, like, way too many times. And just like watching, like, something like The Room, for example, you kind of just brace yourself and just enjoy uh, the experience. But, like, now more than... Sorry, Jacob, go for it. No, you can continue. (sighs) Too kind. Um, (laughs) Now more than ever, like, uh, the bridges between the media... uh, Different forms of media and the mediums between them, I guess, uh, are shorter than ever. Uh, And, you know, movies are being made a bit safer kind of these days. So the idea of kind of movies being made with an existing brand kind of and, you know, being brand-orientated makes me think that we're going to see a lot more of these game movies coming out now that, you know... Now that we're not in the '90s, and we can probably pull it off a little bit better. Now that I think um, Activision, Blizzard, they have their own, they're buying studios and they're actually making their own movies, leading the way. Yeah, like they got World of Warcraft movie, and I will buy a ticket to that just to show Blizzard that I will absolutely watch an Overwatch movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we'll I that, want that, an Overwatch movie. Like, um, what's the difference really with you know, uh, Overwatch is basically a game and a bunch of you know little movies and stuff. You know, it's 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 clo- so close to that Pixar kind of thing that again bridging that gap between what is a movie and what's a game and what's a you know cartoon. Jacob, have you been developing your paradigm IP uh, for <laughs> optioning for, uh, for a film? I would watch I've that. already sold it, man. I'm a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would buy it except for like Adult Swim. Yeah. Hey. I, want, I totally want to pitch like an Adult Swim show. Some of my favorite shows are on Adult Swim. But uh, yeah, I th- to me, I think the problem with uh, video game movies is that 
uh, a lot of the movies that they, a lot of the games that they made movies were just shit stories. Like, yeah. not shit stories, but they were, it wasn't really about the story. Like, like Doom, for example, they made a Doom movie. That was f- terrible because there wasn't really much much of a plot in it. I'm thinking the thing about it is like they did the one good thing about the Doom movie is they actually did a quite a good first person shootery section in it <laughs> where it kind of felt a bit like the game, but the rest of it was just. But that's just like pandering to the audience. Like, look at this as an actual game. Yeah. Hey. Do you wink, wink. Doom? <laughs> like, we're up with it. I, that's like, that, that seems to be half the problem, though. People that play video games aren't impressed when the movie really embraces the game on that level because they see it as pandering. The, and the harshest critics. But the- then when they don't do that, it's not true to the franchise. Yeah. So it, it's that's I think that might be part of it yeah, as well. If you do type thing. Yeah. Well, well, one of the criticisms leveled at the the recent Warcraft movie is that it was kind of pandering too much to the fans and anyone else who, who didn't play every single Warcraft game that had come out and knew all the, um, the vast majority of the lore are kind of left a bit cold because you're just thrown into it basically. So, right. you know... Yeah, maybe you are doomed if you are and doomed if you do or doomed if you don't. It's a little bit hard, isn't it? Um, you know, bringing everyone up to speed without kind of, you know, rehashing everything. Mm. Um, plenty of wicked movies coming up, though, uh, this year, next year, etc. Um, I've got a few lists here. Go for it, Scotty. Go for it, Scott. You're good. <laughs> I do love my listicles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Minecraft, I'll start with there. Um, not sure exactly. Really? What. Yeah. Minecraft with, movie? With, yeah. With Rob McElhenney from... Yeah, McElhenney uh, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Is that uh, so? What? Yeah. yeah play- he took place. He took the place of the person that was in charge um, uh, last year. Um, Please Lee. tell me it's animated. Yeah. No, okay. I think okay, it is. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, well, he's working with producer Roy Lee uh, from the Lego movie, and he's also working with... That's all right. Uh, Jill Messick from uh, Mean Girls to get the film off the ground. Really? Okay. Yep. Um, so there's some dates on a few more. Sly Cooper is uh, coming Ooh. out this year. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog oh. is for 2018. And we've got like... <laughs> Mitch, uh, you, yeah, Mitch know, you, you groan, Mitch, but you'll be lining up very I will. much I'll, for that I'll game. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, and next year we can uh, look forward to seeing Splinter Cell, Tomb Raider, Uncharted and The Witcher all make their move to the big screen which next month we've got Unch- Assassin's Creed too oh uh, yeah also Assassin's Creed uh, that's is it next month is December I think oh the, maybe that's a July Assassin's America. Creed is due December 21 2016 uh, Gianni July <laughs> I think America find... I think it'll be uh, probably on the sites of ill repute uh, not that far after it comes out in America but as far as um, like video games really kind of make taking their own as movies Uncharted and The Witcher are ones to look out for I reckon I don't know about See, the thing just about because they're like already just ama- like really well done kind of uh, stories, I guess. Even though which is yeah, I'm, the thing about Uncharted and things like La- Last of Us as well that they talked about making movies from that. So much of that is cinematic in the way that the game actually has come about. They actually have all the motion capture. The actors actually act out the lines live. They're almost movies already. Mini movies. What does a movie kind of add to that? Well, Do you think I feel like just, they get the opportunity to take that further? You know, without mm. even having to worry about the gameplay, they can just do that little cinematic thing. But you know, ten to- tenfold. Do you think that's why movies based on games that aren't really that cinematic do relatively well? I've got the Pokemon first movie is within the top 10 of if box box office mojo is to be believed. But I guess that also had the the legacy of being an animated series for a long time as well. So it kind of, you have an existing audience that kind of went from Um, there. Over in Japan, we've also got Nintendo teaming up with Universal Studios Japan. um, And they probably have a few things on the burner. I'd say Zelda, Super Mario and Metroid are something to look forward to in the near future. All right. Mm. Nothing locked in, but um, yeah, like I said, Nintendo's teaming up with Universal Studios. So we've 
we've talked about this. Happen. We've talked about um, you know movies in the past, but not talk, sort of talked about it from the angle of you know the fil- a game being made into a film. And I think with any of these other companion bits and pieces that media that they have, like books and comics and all that other bits and pieces, um, it sort of needs to be done in a way that kind of adds to the experience and, and it's done from a perspective like you know people things that might have been cut out from the game maybe we can have an extra story that's yeah instead okay. of a you know a, a, a cash in to kind of just milk the audience that you've already got that's for a few extra that's really interesting dollars. actually instead of you know pushing it from uh you know taking the story where uh, okay bringing non-gaming people into the story and letting them know what's going on maybe take it into a different direction where we can uh, both as gamers and non-gamers kind of you know learn the story together mm. that's actually something that we don't know about already that's actually something that the halo novels do quite well they explore the human versus human conflict a lot in the halo novels yeah actually more than the human versus alien conflict almost and uh, I think that's pretty of, cool. Provides a bit of context that doesn't yeah. come into it. I mean, I mean, the thing about Halo as well is you've got to remember that a lot of it was stuff that, and I think about this often about Star Wars as well, in that if Halo wasn't a huge success, none of that stuff would have existed. That's so true. it kind of was created as, as, a, as a sort of a, you know, a backfill and retcon of all of the history and stuff. Like not, none of that was mentioned in the, in the game really. No, it wasn't. Um, so, you know, that all became because it was popular. I mean, it was good because it did do something extra and added more to it. But, you know, they've got to think about it in that particular way so you know there'll be plenty of good movies coming out there'll be plenty of bad well, movies yeah, coming out plenty of things to look forward to um, plenty of things to not look forward to like um, the to be announced Centipede movie um, <coughs> as well as uh, Asteroids that's going to be a movie too Asteroids. I want to be in that movie and The Sims The Sims? Are you ki- oh wait there's one more on my bad list uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon no, no. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I take it back. I said Sorry. less cinematic games might do better. Sorry, so Jacob. maybe. Sorry, Jacob. What was that? I was like, who's funding these games? Like, yeah. I guess they're trying to make it like comic book movies and trying to get that, like, be the first people oh, to crack man. that. Yeah. Look, Master Chief goes to Roller Coaster Tycoon. Well, let's, talk, <laughs> let's not talk any rubbish until they start bringing out the, the yeah. Minesweeper movie and then we'll be uh, talking about the big money. Yeah, watch that. That's pretty much solitaire, what we've got. Solitaire, bro. Yeah, Solitaire. <laughs> Isn't that just the oh, Hurt Locker? The Minesweeper <laughs> movie? <laughs> Wow, okay. That's uh, a, well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you, Jacob, for joining us for another for this episode of Pixel Sift. You can go to paradigmadventure.com to uh, check out all the bits and pieces of the game. should be coming out pretty soon. Do it. In the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will be back again very soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you all. See ya. Good fun. Peace. Thank you.